Syracuse University GradCast. My name is Dan Olsenbang. Today we are joined by T. Wen. T. is the founder of Intersect Job Sims, a really awesome website that I'm very excited to share with the Syracuse University community. And so I've asked T. if she can kind of give us a sense of who she is and also of uh, the, the ins and outs of, of the website and how students and, and uh, grads can figure out uh, how to make the most use of it. So welcome, T. Thank you, Dan, for having me. I'm glad to join the conversation. Uh, my name is T, and my pronouns are she, hers. Thank you. You know, you've got an interesting story to tell, and, and you come at this in a particularly interesting way, I think. So can you start off by telling us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so I um, am currently living in St. Louis, and I, as a professional, work to develop courses and make uh, products to help graduate students explore careers. I'm also expanding now into the K-12 and undergrad and supporting um, adults as well, just really interested in helping people find their path. Thank you. So you yourself have a PhD. Do you want to give a little bit of a sense of, of that? Yes, I um, got my PhD at UT Southwestern. I have a PhD in neuroscience. And after that, I completed a postdoc in uh, metabolic diseases at, uh, at the Gladstone Institutes at UCSF. I was really interested in how um, lipids and inflammation influence Parkinson's disease and dementia in particular. I still have those interests. My partner studies uh, and has a lab of his own, and so we get to have really invigorating dinner conversations. <laughs> but um, what I learned as... And you, you uh, cured Parkinson's, right? Isn't that, isn't that right? <laughs> didn't quite get there. Not, I would not say quite. That I, yeah. Uh, was on the <laughs> and um, I discovered as I was working in the science, as much as I loved the science, I liked more... I was more interested in scientists. And so what I found as I um, got into teaching and into mentoring committees and career committees, that was truly what I enjoyed more. It really fit with my day-to-day -day values and tasks. And so I had an opportunity to work in the Career Center at UCSF. So I started there as a program director after my postdoc. And after working in the Career Center for a while, I got a couple opportunities to write some grants, and that was one of the ways that this project to create Intersect got funded. Co-wrote it with a colleague at UCSF, Dr. Liz Silva, and it's actually been a really beautiful opportunity to collaborate with graduate students, postdocs, career staff, and faculty across the country. We have a page on all the collaborations and people who have submitted um, uh, job sims, so it's it's been a lot of fun. Great. So. What exactly inspired you to create Intersect Job Sims? Speaking of which, the website that we're talking about is intersectjobsims.com. Again, intersectjobsims.com. What, what was the, the instigating factor in this? The instigating factor, I would say it's two things. One was a personal experience um, going through the career exploration process myself as I was deciding what to do in leaving bench science. Um, I took an IP course, uh, which is intellectual property. I had explored a lot of different, I'll just, you know, um, a lot of different areas. And when I became a career advisor, after talking to hundreds of grad students and postdocs, hearing how difficult it is, you often hear you're overqualified and underexperienced. And that can be really frustrating. And so having experienced that myself and then hearing others, I thought there, there must be a way to, to help um, our, our graduates 
graduate students and postdocs to get a taste of whether they are good at a task or whether they even like it or not in a quicker way. And there was this book. So I worked at UCSF, which is primarily biomedical scientists. And there's a book by Toby Friedman about the different career paths for scientists. And, and the impetus came, actually, I was driving to this uh, career counseling course at Berkeley with a colleague of mine and we were in the car and I was like, wouldn't it be interesting if we could take the next step and after reading about it, give it a try, kind of um, the next step of my IDP or the next step of Imagine PhD, although Imagine PhD didn't, didn't exist back whenever I was having this idea. And it turns out this idea wasn't a, um, too novel in the sense that there were other colleagues in the space having the same idea. And so we got together, um, wrote a grant and, and was able to do this. But, the, but yeah, the idea is how can you quickly quickly get a taste for something and see if it, it's something that you really like or not. I, I love the idea. And I remember similarly deciding that I didn't want to be a professor and then figuring out what to do next. And I was really lucky. I think that people in the humanities sometimes have, don't take this the wrong way, but a little bit of time on their hands. And so I was able to test out um, what I thought was my kind of career path by doing an internship that I created um, at Fordham in the Dean's office. That was my way of testing like, do, okay, do I want to work with students in this way? Do I want to be in administration? Um, but that was, that was a really substantial commitment of time. And when I got to Syracuse and was trying to do this as a job, I realized that it was really hard to figure out how to get people to taste test things as, as I think you're describing. And so when this came along, I was so impressed because I thought this is, this is a way to do that because there's so much guesswork that happens in career and it's not always necessary or, or a good idea. And so I think that, you know, it's such a great thing for people to have. So I, I, I've always really appreciated its, its existence in that sense. I think this is a really plugging an important hole for career. Yeah. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Who should use this platform and when should they use it? How should they use it? Can you give us a little bit of a shallow dive, if you will? Sure. Any student and postdoc who is interested in, who has had the thought, could I do something else, can look at this. So this could be somebody who's just early on and thinking how what kinds of jobs in academia do I enjoy and what ways should I use my communication skills or my research skills or somebody who is even um, further along and has decided that they want maybe a communications career or a policy advocacy career or something else. They're able to use this to narrow in on a type of um, opportunity, not opportunity, but a type of, of career path. And some have even used it to prepare for interviews because some of our job simulations were created from interview assessments. And so at any stage, I think it can be useful and it's really valuable to narrow things down, especially if you're like, I really like problem solving. I could problem solve as a consultant. I could problem solve in a think tank. I could problem solve, you know, in XYZ career. If, if a couple of hours you can say I really like it or not even in a couple minutes as you skim through the job sim I've had students tell me I really didn't even think I could after reading the freelance journalism I, I don't think I would like pitching that much and you're like great narrow that down now you know and you didn't have to get that job to find that out I think I find that when I do this so one thing that occurs to me is that we haven't said that it's a job simulation right this is a sort of small scale 
representative piece of what a job might be. When I'm talking to students about it, a lot of them gravitate toward the uh, data analytics module. And so on the website, there's data analytics under um, the science sims making predictions. And what I love about it is that it gives a little bit of a, a pithy kind of description of what a data science career might be like. Um, and then it gives you a representative task. In this case, you use a data set and you complete specific tasks. You clean the data, you, um, you organize the data, and then you have to have some um, kind of outcomes from the data. And, you know, so how do you, how do, you do that? What, what does it take to do that? Um, and then you are required to have a deliverable, a Word document. In this case, it also provides a sample of what a deliverable might look like. And so I've suggested this to a lot of people who are playing around. You know, what I find, the, the people who are, are perfect for this are, and, and T, you know one of the people in question, as a matter of fact, maybe a biologist who likes data, but hasn't done a purely data-focused thing, who then gets to go in try her or his hand at this particular type of work and then um, get a sense of, of how it might be. There are resources for how to learn about it, the skills that you might need to do, and a, a kind of impetus from there to um, do a little bit of um, informational interviewing with uh, applicable professionals in the field. And so the, these job sims span a lot of different areas, both in the social science, or excuse me, the humanities and social sciences and in STEM. So we have topics like entrepreneurship, intellectual property, journal editing, um, strange careers like career advising, <laughs> consulting. Uh, and so there are just a lot of ways for people to try things on. And I think that even sending a student to this page and just allowing them to see the range of opportunities can itself be really revealing for people. Oh, there are all these different kinds of things that you could do. And so that's what I've really enjoyed the most about it. Yeah, I think what's really great about it is, you know, I recently got the catalog of classes from you know, my community center. And you can get a quick read. One is, is just reading about it interesting. Do I want to try a group activity, an individual activity? Do I want to be outdoors? Do I want to be indoors? And then the, so that's similar to the intersect jobs. And we give you a flavor of not only the types of people you might be working with, but the responsibilities of the role and the types of information that you might be working on to do the research and the kinds of environments or institutions you might be working with. So that, there's that initial broad level of what um, might I, what kind of envir working environment might I enjoy? And then the second one is actually trying it on. So you don't know if you like, surf you might like the idea of surfing. You might like the idea of being in the water and the cool, you know, um, the cool feeling of the water, but how do you know that you might actually like standing on a board and then trying to maneuver yourself? And so that's the kind of idea in delivering and actually having a product to work on. So how much do you like, going onto the clinical trial database and, and finding information or the patent database and finding information or like this data going into Excel and cleaning it up. And some Is this people, exciting or does it make your eyes cross? Exactly, yeah. And some people have told me that we recommend that for each task you take about an hour or so just to read through and, and give it a try. And so you could, you could, um, the job sims are designed to have a few tasks where you can get it done in say a few hours, two to four hours. There was one, 
person um, who was working on the business development one. And she spent, she told me later, she, she, she made two deliverables for two different drug products that she was analyzing and spent something like 15 hours on it. And I thought that was incredible. <laughs> yeah. And now she works in the biotech industry. And so she loved was, that. She loved it. Exactly. Yeah. And now, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Speaking of that, what do you hope the platform will inspire people to do and and to learn? What kind of action should somebody take when they've kind of encountered this or, or even done some of the activities in there? Yeah. So my recommendation, if you follow through the job sim process, it's to do the job sim, put some of your goals on your calendar to be accountable to yourself, and then to talk to some, reflect on the activity, and then to talk to somebody about it. And these are really powerful steps if you follow them. One, the calendaring is important. As we know, smart goals are is important to, to actually move forward with the, with the goals that you set. The reflecting is important to help you, again, think, do I like this? And to make that decision, do I want to keep exploring this or not sometimes making a decision is important because we can live as as phds who are really good at analyzing we can live in the world of analysis and so if you make a decision to move forward or not it can be really powerful but what people tell me through working with um, hundreds of people is that they really get the most out of the informational interview and that not only do they get to have a really nice conversation about the person about the job uh, about the job after doing a job sim, they're able to have a little bit of a deeper conversation because they know a little bit about what the role is and they're about they're able to say, how often do you do this task? How often do you do this analysis? And do you like it? Or what does it look like at this organization? Because sometimes the job sims are modeled over, say, a large company and they're looking at a smaller one or vice versa. They're looking, how, what does this role look like in academia versus a government sector? And professionals who have interviewed graduates or provided this information to grad students before or alumni who we've connected after doing a job sim, they've told us they enjoy these conversations too because the grad students come really prepared. And in some cases, in two cases, people have been offered interviews after these um, real job interviews because they were so impressed. I um, also think another interesting thing about it is, and you and I both encountered this and talked about it before, the people who come back and say, I tried one of the job sims and it was terrible. I did not like doing that job. And I think that for them, they feel like, oh, maybe that means that this isn't so good. And really what they should understand from it is that they got some really important information. You know, I mean, if if you didn't want to do it in this little bite-sized piece, that's really actionable. It means that maybe you, you know something now. Okay, well, it sounded good and it turns out it wasn't really for me. And, and that's such a great piece of information. So it's funny the way that it can work because I've, I've certainly seen people who said, I would never want to do that for a lengthy period of time. And you say, well, there you go. That's your answer. Try out something else. Yeah. Absolutely. I think oftentimes as grad students and postdocs are making the decision to go in career search, that is a huge decision in and of itself, maybe to, to look beyond the tenure track. And so they feel like almost they're embarking to discover gold. And if they dig a hole and there's not gold there on the first try, it can be really disappointing and frustrating. And I completely understand that. And it's like you said, at least you discovered the, the gold isn't in that hole <laughs> or that place in the ground. And sometimes um, the search takes a little effort and takes a little bit of sweat on the brow, um, but it can also be fun. And so I would say in the same 
same kind of vein, even if you're discovering that it's not something, a particular task isn't something you enjoy, um, not only to look at another one, but maybe take someone along the path with you. Maybe there's a colleague that you know of, some, another person in your program or in the lab who wants to do some career exploration. It's nice to have um, a partner along the way. It is. I really benefited from that as well. Do you have any other other thoughts or things that you'd like to share about Intersect? I, I will say there is um, one of the things that I that we really tried to do when we were building these job sims is to create a a quick resource in the sense that as you read through how to, for example, I'll go back to the intellectual property one. As you as you read through how to go through or create a, a patent, we understand that it's very complicated. And so for every job sim, we break down the steps that you might go through as say an intern who is working on this project. And we give you websites and resources to get you started. Again, the goal is to get you started in an hour or two to get a, get a flavor of it. And so Inherently then, because you have a very small step of the process, um, that you will then um, be exploring a small part. And so like you're saying, Dan, the person might be trying something and realize that they don't like it, but to to be open-minded that it's a small part of the process. We are trying to build it up to where you would understand, say that once you look at different patents and you dissect them and you you pull them from the database and analyze it and put a presentation together, right? These are all the steps and maybe you're just looking at one step of it. And so just remember that there's that caveat. It's just a small piece, but that that is also the beauty of the product that we try to break it down for you and give it, give it a lot of information. And I would say too, another thing that I want people to know is that we, one of the things that we're really proud of in creating this with our, all our collaborators at other institutions is these are vetted by, by professionals. So the, every single job simulation was either a real internship done by a graduate student or postdoc who wrote it up, or it was written up by um, interviewing a professional who hosted an intern in that role. So these are all true to task, and we're really proud of that fact. How did the name come about? Oh, goodness. Um, So Intersect um, stands for the interactive, let's see here, Uh (laughs) interactive simulation (laughs) exercises and career transitions. And the idea is to visualize an intersection of you and your research expertise with a different sector. Um, I'm laughing because one of the other um, acronyms we came up with was, um, let's see, uh, electronic job exercises for career transitions, which spells eject. And we were like, eject from academia. And we're like, no, 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 this is not, not the visual that we necessarily want. So we landed on Intersect. So just for fun, T, what would you tell a grad student starting a PhD program or even a younger T that you wish someone had told you? Oh, let's see here. I guess... We'll, we'll play the scenario of telling a younger T. Um, I would say, I would say that it's not as intimidating to talk to other people as you think it is. I remember reaching out to the first person I was interested in talking with about program management. What does that sound like? And somebody was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll introduce you to a colleague of mine. She now works in this company in Southern, you know, in the the South San Francisco area. And I said, you know, thank you so much. That's really great. And as I was gearing up to have a conversation, I was so nervous 
you know, um, I never not talked to somebody who worked in, in a corporate, you know, corporate pharmaceutical company before, and they had a really fancy title and we were meeting at a coffee shop and I wanted to make sure back in those crazy days when we can meet people in person without masks on, but, um, you know, wanted to <laughs> make sure that it. I <laughs> identified the right person, thanks to LinkedIn. And I think at the end of the day, I was so comforted by the ease of the conversation. She was just a really nice person and happy to chat about it and probably glad to be out of the office for a little bit. I was worried that I was inconveniencing her. And I think that people can remember that we are all a part of this network and they, every professional at some point has been in the exploration search. And so if you approach it with some thoughtfulness, some sincerity and appreciation, these conversations are like every other conversation and can be quite, quite pleasant. I found that the ask was really difficult. I don't think it's gotten easier actually to ask a stranger and you either just don't hear from anybody or you get a really gracious and often nonchalant kind of response. And that's always been really odd to me. The, the, the buildup. Oh my gosh, I have to write. And this person's so important. And then they just, they say, sure. How about Tuesday? And it, and yeah. it goes great. It's, it's usually the people who don't respond to you may not like their job enough to want to talk about it. <laughs> That's what I always figure. So, you know, maybe when you're talking to somebody, you're talking to somebody who's really made a decision to, you know, feel motivated about that. Any final thoughts that you have T? anything you want to uh, leave I, us with? I just wanted to follow up and say that if, people are interested in having some tips, getting some tips about having these conversations, there is um, an inter, inter, what is it? informational interview tab within intersectjobassistance.com. And there's some sample questions, a sample timeline, and a little bit of a structure on how to have a conversation so, so that it's a shared conversation and you can feel a little prepared for it. So that's a little bit um, of information there. Um, I would say the last thing to add would be that um, we – started out with science job sims and have recently added on this uh, humanities and social sciences sims in the last two years and working really closely with Imagine PhD. And so for those who are working um, on the humanities and social science sims to integrate it with Imagine PhD, it's a great way to keep accountable to your goals and also learn a little bit more as you become curious. You read and you're a little bit more curious, feel free to go back and forth onto the platform, Imagine PhD, um, and intersect and kind of use them together. Let them talk to each other as they, as they really do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, T. I really appreciate it. I think that you've built a really great resource. I know that you're, you're good at conceiving of and delivering on these things, and this is one of your, your best efforts. And so I think it's, it's great to introduce it to grad students. To all of you listening, thank you very much for, for listening. Make sure that you do visit intersectjobsims.com. Give it a try. Feel free to reach out to me if you either have questions about it, want to talk about it more, um, or have thoughts related to it. I've worked with students and we've had a really good time working through uh, job sims and then seeing how it will impact their, their lives from there. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. This has been GradCast with Syracuse University. <laughs>